Today's episode of the Film Stage Show is brought to you by Mubi, a curated streaming service showcasing exceptional films from around the globe. For a free 30-day trial, go to mubi.com slash filmstage. Tu fala americano, americano, americano. Sienta me qui do fa fan. Tu vuoi vivere alla moda, ma se bevi whisky and soda, poto siente disturbato. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new episode of the Film Stage Show, the movie review podcast for thefilmstage.com. As always, I'm your host, Brian J. Rowan. With me today, we have Rob and Barr. Hello. We also have Bill Graham. Estupido. <laughs> Silencio Bruno. We also have with us today to talk about Luca, the newest film from Pixar, streaming now on Disney+. Plus. It's Courtney Howard. Hi, everyone. What is up? Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Uh, would you like to introduce yourself to our audience? Um, sure, I guess I can. Um, I'm Courtney Howard, and I'm a film critic. I write for Variety and FreshFiction.tv. And uh, I don't know. I guess that's about it. That's me in a nutshell. <laughs> All right. Um, of course, like just my brain is broken. So the the second you said that I, I had to like fight every impulse to do the stupid Austin powers thing. And it's like, this is me in a nutshell. Help. In a nutshell. I'm in a nutshell. <laughs> oh, oh boy. boy. Anyway, this is our second <laughs> night recording back to back. So, uh, we're going to be, well, I'm going to be a little punchy. I don't know. Everyone else is going to be, but we are so excited to be here. Uh, let's kick it off with the usual stuff. You can find us on Twitter at Film Stage Show, Facebook, The Film Stage Show, email us, podcast, filmstage.com. And of course, you can give us a comment or rating on iTunes. You can become a patron of this show by going to patreon.com slash The Film Stage Show for as little as $1 an episode. You get access to our Slack channel and first crack at all of our movie-related raffles. And of course, we are brought to you by Movie. Um, every day, movie premieres a new film. Uh, it could be a timeless classic, a cult favorite, or an acclaimed masterpiece. Either way, it's guaranteed to be a movie you've been dying to see or one you've never heard of before. And there's always something new to discover. We talked about a bunch of stuff last time that was on there. Uh, for instance, they've got a Petzl retrospective, which perfectly aligns with our last week's episode of Undina. So make sure to check that out. He is a crowd favorite on this here podcast, and movie's got a bunch of his stuff. We've also got last year, Marion Bad. And, of course, The Deep Blue Sea. And we would be remiss not to mention, once again, their podcast, uh, the movie podcast this first season. is all about movies that were big hits in their respective country of origin, but didn't really make much of an impact everywhere else in the world. So movies got a bunch of great movie-related stuff, uh, from movies to movie-related content. And you can check it all out. And you can get a free 30-day trial movie by going to mubi.com slash filmstage. Again, that is mu bi.com slash film stage so that's that um anything to talk about before we dive into our review of luca hmm. um i'm i'm probably gonna lose power this week so <laughs> that's the thing that continues to haunt texas oh texas year. can't be too cold can't be too hot Nope, got me right in the fucking middle, which only happens like three months of the year. So, woo, patio season, baby. I um, I don't know that I've ever remembered hearing Texas say like, "Hey, it's gonna get hot. We might lose power." Like that's usually the one thing they're prepared for. That's 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 kind of what everybody else is saying. Like, you know, the the meme. 
I don't know if y'all have seen this going around, but you know, the, the, here's this little block that says like ERCOT is made for, you know, uh, not made for cold weather and then someone else is like but it's made for hot weather right and oh is this bottom is, is like the star wars meme with the star wars it, like it, it's it's a lot of them but yeah star wars i think is is the but it's main the one picture with, right it's 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 padme and yeah. it's anakin, and yeah, anakin. Yeah, yeah, yeah 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 okay. this that's that's how that news got filtered to <laughs> my feed today <laughs> and then i read the email and i was like oh fuck my life isn't that a why terrible I, way to find out that like texas the, the fundamental infrastructure of your state might be faulty is like on a meme <laughs> <laughs> and how did it get delivered to me via electronics yeah. it's like what are we gonna lose electricity it's like yay i am um, that has happened to me where like i've been in the car or at work or something and i've like missed the big news but i've gotten all around just in time for the big news to become a meme <laughs> and so i'm just yeah. like all right everyone's making this fucking joke like what happened and it's like oh my god the prime minister died what <laughs> like <laughs> Anyway, uh, the modern world is a nightmare, and um, I'm very sad that we all have to live in it. Um, <laughs> I'm down for the future. Cyborg me up. <laughs> okay, that's that is that is your prerogative, I guess. Um, I would prefer not to be borged, but mm, that's just me. Um, anyway, speaking of how modernity sucks, let's talk about a movie that takes place uh, way way back in a time when things were simpler and sea monsters were everywhere. That movie is Luca. Again, this is the newest film uh, from Pixar, and it is only streaming on Disney+. Plus. Uh, apparently Ooh. cannot be found in theaters, uh, which is annoying. And we will talk about it, I'm sure. Um, and it's, uh, it's, uh, it's directed by Enrico Casarosa, um, who I believe directed their short La Luna, which was adorable. Um, and uh, we're here to talk about it. Uh, it's about... Two sea monsters who decide to try their hand at living amongst the humans, and um, they are voiced by Jacob Tremblay and Jack Dylan Grazer. Uh, this movie also features the voice talents of Maya Rudolph and Jim Gaffigan, amongst many others. And uh, yeah, like I said, we're here to talk about it. So uh, settle in, get ready, and here is the trailer. We do not go anywhere near the surface. Got it? Everything good is above the surface. Walking, air, <gasps> the sky, clouds, the sun. Whoa, don't look at it. Just kidding. Definitely look at it. Have you ever gone to the human town? Yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of an expert. All right. So that is part of the trailer for Luca, which uh, by the time you're hearing this will be streaming. So you can uh, check it out on Disney Plus if you would like. And we're here to talk about it. We begin, as always, with our guest, Courtney Howard. What are your thoughts on Luca? Um, I liked Luca. I thought it was really sweet. Uh, I do think it skews young. Um, but I enjoyed it. I thought it was beautiful to look at. Um, the story was heartfelt. Uh, the ending really packed a punch. I sort of sat there in my thoughts for maybe a couple hours after with this giant lump in my throat. Um, and I hadn't expected, like, I know it's a Pixar movie and everybody expects to cry in a Pixar movie, but leading up to that, I didn't feel quite as impacted as I have with other Pixar movies, but that sort of act three just really socked me in the gut. Um, 
but I thought it was really sweet. I think there's a lot of beautiful attention to details in there. Uh, it reminded me a little bit of Ponyo. Um, and I know they took some influence from some Miyazaki movies as far as the environments go. Um, but yeah, I enjoyed it. I thought it was really sweet. I, I personally don't think it's the death of the movie if it goes direct to Disney plus, but that's just me. Um, but, uh, I, I liked it. I thought it was, it was cute and sweet and has really great messages for young kids that I think they can learn and sort of, and not in a eat your vegetables sort of way, uh, but in a way where they sort of digest it and absorb it on sort of a different unconscious level where, you know, they'll learn about how to deal with their fears and anxieties and uh, sort of tackling those big issues. And, and also I think it's great for parents to sort of, you know, learn those communicative tools and sort of apply it to their relationships with their kids too, um, as far as like being constantly worried about their kid doing something, you know, that's, you know, a little bit dangerous or sort of pushing the envelope or whatever, but a, an experience to help them grow as people and as humans. So that's my feelings on Luca. All right. Bill Graham. Ooh, all right. Um, I really, really liked this. Uh, much like Courtney, I was expecting to kind of get that gunch punch, gut punch a little bit earlier in this film, and I never quite felt it. And then, yeah, that last third really, really hit me. Uh, there's kind of a pivotal point towards the end of the movie that I won't give away now, uh, but we will definitely talk about it later. Uh, that was really, really just kind of... Um, unexpected in a way uh in, in terms of its timing and things like that so uh i really enjoyed this i love the music i love the setting i love just about everything about this um i love how little they use sasha baron cohen um just the right amount um and yeah i i found this film just full of heart and full of charm um i like the fact that uh it's set in a, in a different place. I also like that this is going to be a very easy kind of on the nose. Yes. Uh, metaphor for just a lot of different, you know, uh, things in life, whether you feel like a minority, whether that may be your sexuality or whatever it may be. Right. Um, and just, you know, just being a teenager and everything like that, seeing kind of, uh, that your life is in front of you, uh, all sorts of different things can be easily like put onto this film. And I don't think that's a bad thing at all. So I really enjoyed it. Very charming. And, uh, I, I love that cat. Love that mustache cat. So. <laughs> Machiavelli. Ma Machiavelli. <laughs> He's great. Oh boy. All right. Rob and Barr. I wish I had loved this movie. Um, I know that, I know that Courtney liked it and Bill likes it. That, that was a cat hissing. Oh, okay. okay. It's like, what the shit is that? <laughs> it's like, I'm so sorry. My mic is still messed up. Um, <laughs> Flashback from earlier. Yeah. <laughs> Trauma, Bill. Trauma. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I wish I had loved it. I, I sort of started to zone out a little bit, um, you know, but it, it was still very beautiful, visually beautiful. I, I guess I, I just loved the setting it and 
both thematically, ironically, both thematically and visually, it reminded me a lot of my brilliant friend, which is this really excellent HBO miniseries and also a really excellent um, book series by um, Elena Ferrante, which is also about friendship and education and being in Italy and you know all the different experiences of that. Um, so if you're a fan of my brilliant friend, you might get something out of Luca. Um, I took issue with some of the, I, I guess, Courtney, you phrase this very well, which is that it skews younger. So you have a lot more of these sight gags that uh, while they, while they work and I like them, um, you know, don't seem to add too much to the story. And the story is very simple about friendship and, you know, coming of age and, going against your parents' wishes, which, you know, which is totally fine. We've all seen it before. Um, what what we've seen now, we'll see again millions and millions of times. So that's, you know, not not really an issue, although I guess it uh, it just didn't make it that interesting for me. But I definitely, you know, got something out of it. Um, I wish that, I don't know, there's something about hearing the English voices or like the English being spoken from this American cast kind of took me out of the setting. Um, I even floated to my husband, like maybe we should watch the Italian dubbed version. <laughs> like maybe that would have been a little more impacting. Um, so, you know, hearing Maya Rudolph, who I don't think was, who I love, but I don't think she was the best cast person here because I just couldn't visually, I couldn't make sense of her voice coming out of that see monstrous's body <laughs> you know stuff like that just kind of really took me out of the movie um but yeah otherwise like i thought jacob tremblay was great i thought um oh my gosh i'm forgetting his name he's that kid from it uh jack jack dylan grazer he plays alberto uh i thought he did a really great job and i loved emma Ber um berman as julia who's a, a another child character um i thought emma was probably my favorite of the voice cast so you know, lots of things to enjoy here. It just kind of didn't quite hit the mark for me. As for me, um, I, I'm exceedingly fortunate that I liked this movie um, because I've watched it possibly 15 to 20 times now. <laughs> um, I got the email saying that I had the screener for this and I, I turned to my four-year-old daughter and I was like, hey, I got I got a movie that we can watch. Do you want to watch it? And she said, yeah. And we watched it. <laughs> and I, I don't know if everyone remembers, but like I did the same thing with um, Ryan, the last dragon. And my daughter with that movie was kind of like, is it over? Um, and then it was over. And I asked her some questions about it. She wasn't really into it. And then like the next day she did ask to see it again. But then like I turned it on and she kind of lost interest immediately. Um this movie was the opposite. So like when you guys say like it skews younger, like yeah, I think it does <laughs> because my that's fine. That's fine. Yeah, it's not a bad thing. Movies. <laughs> right. She's yeah. enraptured by it. But what is funny is that like some of the stuff that that you uh, mentioned Robin about like the sight gags and everything is the stuff that I really loved about this movie. Like I I I find myself sometimes watching these Pixar films or, or any kind of like, you know, I don't know if prestige is the right word for it, but like a lot of times I just feel like I miss cartoons and I, I sometimes wonder if like CGI has to be too rigidly realistic, even if it's in a, a, do you not watch cartoons? 
Like, what do you like mean? Cartoon Network and, and stuff like that? No, no. Bill, I'm I, fucking I, 34. <laughs> what are you talking about? Of course I'm an adult, I Bill. I do. <laughs> I, I do. I definitely watch Cartoon Network. Yeah, no. I mean, like, I, I'm I, sure I they love exist. Me some regular time or uh, regular show and Adventure Time, which I think both now are off the air. Uh, but yeah, that was... Too good, Birdie. Coming to Tuka and Berta. Yeah. yeah. Right. I, I, watched, I, started, I, watched, I started watching Bluey because everybody was talking about it. Everybody and I have, loves Bluey. I have heard nothing I, but good things about Bluey. It is amazing. <laughs> and I don't have children. And I was enraptured. It's like these small little seven minute shorts that all deal with the, this family and this family of blue healer dogs and uh, there are two daughters and it's all, it usually always takes place during playtime or playtime is an element in there. And it's written by one guy, just one guy alone. And the amount like there's 50 episodes each season or something ridiculous like that. But it's this amazing cartoon and they get so much expression in it and these heartfelt messages and like. I was crying during some episodes and I was like, this is for preschoolers and I am weeping. And like, and there's some episodes that are just so randomly hilarious that are just like, you know, things that only adults will laugh at, but you know, kids will laugh at the lunacy too, but it's like, it has this lunatic humor component, but also this really sweet heartfelt stuff in there that like, everybody can relate to and it's sort of this universal thing but it's it's but it's you know disney junior it's for preschoolers <laughs> and i'm like hi i'm a 45 year old woman watching this alone but it's amazing <laughs> and i showed it to my husband who's also in animation and he was like oh my god the show is incredible and i was like see i told you it's amazing damn this is a great endorsement i gotta watch I was about to say, right, you fine, guys need I'll to watch, watch it what is it on gonna, okay I, it, it's on Disney Plus. You can watch okay. it on Disney. I'm sure it's on Disney Junior as well. But involve your daughter in this because she will go nuts for it. I think um, there are I'll 104 to, episodes right now. I will I'm have to send you a bluey? list of my. Yes, I'll have to send you there my list seven of my minutes. Okay, yes, they're nice. like they're so short. I'll have to send you my list of my favorite episodes. So the ones you can and you can start anywhere in the series. It's not like a full on episodic <laughs> soap opera. It's not like you know? I, I can't I can't I can't do that, though. Like, like, honestly, like sometimes people are like, ah, just start it. And I'm like, no fucking one. episode one. Like, yep. that's where I got completism. <laughs> that's where I, start. I started. I went sort of random and then I started from, you know, just going from the beginning. And it's just it's so sweet. I cannot speak highly enough about I know I'm on here for. Luca, but a, I a movie that you also really Bluey. seem to like, and <laughs> but I love Bluey. I will take a bullet for Bluey. <laughs> Luca, God. I'll step out of the way. <laughs> I swear to God, you guys need to watch Bluey. All right, right. that's a yeah. strong. Yeah, I'm into it. So God, I love Bluey. kid shit. I don't have children either, so. Well, yeah, no, I mean, sorry, Brian, <laughs> what what are your thoughts? <laughs> uh, I feel like I need to just watch Bluey now. Um, yes. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I really liked the the cartoony quality of this movie. I liked um, honestly, I really liked Jacob Tremblay's performance. Yeah, um, he's actually it's, it's talking, you know, since since this is a, a, a movie where we can uh, give out recommendations for kids shows, he's the voice of Pete the Cat in Pete the Cat on Amazon. Oh, I didn't know that. 
Yeah. Um, Pete the Cat is an interesting show because actually he usually only has like one line per episode and it's like him giving like the kind of cute summarization of whatever meaning there was in the episode. But um, that is a delightful show. Um, It's very diverse and inclusive and blah, blah, blah. But it's also just like really well written and well animated and super funny. Um, There is a squirrel in it. Uh, I believe her name is Sally and she is hilarious and uh, I love her. So beat the cat. Um, But yeah, I mean this, this movie, I just, there's, there's something about the, the kind of vibe of it. I just, I really, I really found it to be almost like a little, a little easier going (laughs) a little easier to take than a lot of Pixar sometimes is. Um, definitely it's not as cerebral and that's not a knock I feel like this was a, like one of my issues with the good dinosaur was that it was a little too cartoony for how weirdly bleak it was <laughs> and I feel like this one balances its its themes with the cartooniness with the lightness and you know really knows when to when to push and when to just kind of ease along so yeah, I really liked this. My daughter really liked it. Uh, I recorded her giving some reactions to it before we started recording the episode proper. Um, so those will probably be included here at some point, probably at the end. So go all the way to the end to hear it if you want. Um, I'm curious, yeah, so. does she have, sorry, does she have a favorite scene? She Or like, what were her favorite she, parts? She loves Luca. She She really likes the character of Luca. Um, she thinks it's funny that the cat attacks them all the time. <laughs> she also likes the scene where the, the, pa- there's not, we're not really going to do spoilers in this, I guess. Like this might be the time where we would say spoilers okay. just cause we're going to start talking about stuff. Um, she likes the scene where the parents have made it to land and are trying to find out who their son is by finding increasingly mm. absurd ways of, uh, assaulting children. <laughs> um, yeah, so she, I mean, she she kind of, it was funny because we were talking about this the other the other day when we were recording uh, In the Heights. She's watched it so much and I have watched it so much with her. She, she loves to engage with it in terms of like asking the reasons why characters are doing certain things and, you know, what it means when someone does something. And it's gotten to the point where I don't even have to be in the room and she can say something like, you know why why did why did x happen and i'm like oh right it's that scene yeah that that's why this is why that's happening <laughs> so yeah she's uh she's locked onto it in a way that she's only done like twice before uh with rango and um my neighbor totoro so <laughs> i don't know i got a weird kid man <laughs> she's nah, you got a good kid. she's that's wonderful sweet. right yeah but like it is it is weird that it's like what are your three favorite movies uh rango my neighbor Totoro, Luca. Also, she had nothing but good things to say about Minari. So <laughs> now you got to show her in the Heights. I'm really, I'm counting on you, Cora. No, there's no way that she's gonna sit down for two and a half hours of that. It's just like mostly music, though. And it's yeah, a but, lot of yeah, color. Okay. She this. Yeah. Mm, I can't think of the right way to say this. I don't think that her mind works in a way that she's going to be able to absorb fast paced uh, hip hop influenced show tunes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like mine does my brain doesn't work that way. I'm 32. I actually talked to my <laughs> mother about that, not to bring us back to in the Heights, but I was like, yeah, you know, like we we did a podcast it was on in the Heights. 
She's like, oh, I've, I've heard about that. That's by the guy who did Hamilton, right? And I said, yeah. And she's like, oh, so I won't be able to understand that one either. Oh. And she's just but, like, but, you know, I just, I, I love musicals and I, I can, I like the rhythms, but I just, my brain doesn't work in a way that I can like absorb subtitles. it. Like, I don't, she's, she's okay. <laughs> You're talking about like a, a woman who is, I'm not going to say how old my mother is, you know, she's not going to read subtitles for a fast paced musical. <laughs> it's just not going to happen. Um, she doesn't have. She wanted, doesn't want to have to work for her entertainment. I guess is a way to put it. And this wow. is a woman I feel who like loves this is a dunk on your mom. No, I mean <laughs> she she loved nineteen seventeen. I mean, like she's good for like hard, difficult subject matter that like is unpleasant at times. But like, if it is an actual p- puzzle that her brain is going to have to unpack. And she's not going to be able to just lose herself in the narrative. I think that that's going to be an issue for her. And I actually do wonder. Herself in the music or in oh, the damn it. Yeah. Wait, what was that? Robin, I was, I was setting up for that and you just swooped in. I, hate I didn't even hear it. I, I, I apologize. I missed the joke. It was, uh, it was do you like your mom's spaghetti? <laughs> I like the ziti and lasagna more than the spaghetti, but yes. Like a good Italian Irish boy. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man, when they're just screaming manja in this movie, I was like, ah, yes. Mm, oh, Goldfish. That's, that's another thing okay. I kind of like. Can, can you can you translate the end of this movie? I cannot. No, I um. Uh, okay. I never learned much Italian. Um, okay. I know a couple of insults. <laughs> I know how to scream <laughs> eat at people. I know how to scream enough. All my all my Italian uh, now I think about it, is like anger based. So. Yeah, well, that that was same with me that I learned from my grandpa yeah. <laughs> with with Spanish. I learned all the curse words from him, <laughs> and, and I knew it because my parents, my mom, and my aunts would all like like just look at my grandpa and go, "Dad," <laughs> and I would just be like, "Okay, so that's a bad word." <laughs> I love that your grandfather was actually cursing, whereas my grandmother would do these like euphemistic Yiddish curses. It would be like go gay cock and off and yum, which means go take a shit in the ocean. Like it's not really a curse. <laughs> it's just like a not nice thing to say to you know somebody. There was a point in Mad take Men where a character screams that at someone else. And I was like, what the shit is that mean? Wait, where is that? Where <laughs> it's was in that Mad Men. Oh yeah. I mean, that show is like literally the most Jewish television show that has ever been on air. And like I wrote a TV, I wrote a, like a paper on it once. So I am, I'm an expert in the Jewishness of the show. Even though there's only like two Jewish characters in it. That doesn't matter. I know because they're in Manhattan. (laughs) Yeah. Like whether there are Jewish characters or not, it is still like Matthew Weiner. Yeah. Like uh, there's this old phrase called think Yiddish, write British. So like, everything in that show <laughs> is like tinged through his jewish eyes i say that as a joke um why was i telling you this oh yeah there's another curse called uh go stick your head in the ground and grow like an onion again Ow. real goofy but like kind of mean it's very dismissive um yeah but anyway um oh one other thing i wanted to say i think that the uh the the mechanic of the creature's transformation in this movie is very fun and very hilariously deployed but also very like cleverly deployed from a from a visual standpoint yeah the way the scales move and mm-hmm. so it like mm-hmm. goes it's sort of like this ripple effect i know from doing the long lead and 
and the press day in the actual press day that they spent a lot of time sort of doing working on that transition and how they were going to sort of orchestrate that. So that was one of the clever moments in here. Like um, there's a there's that scene when they're they've decided they're going to go to the the land monster city and they're like diving out of the water and Luke has never done it before so he like hits the water's surface and skips like a stone and every time he hits mm-hmm. it a different part of his body turns scaly. I mean it's just it's <laughs> it's little things like that or like when he face plants in the water and like nothing mm-hmm. happens and then he just pops into his sea monster self like stuff like that is I I really liked that. Yeah, I I thought that, I'm curious Courtney, I know your husband works in animation. Did he get to see this? Uh, he didn't, because uh, he's uh, working on a, he's sort of doing a show right now, an animated TV show. Um, so he didn't watch this with me, just simply because he didn't have any time. So I'm not sure what he's going to think of this, um, but uh, he's totally on, he's on something else right now. So he wasn't able to watch it, but uh, we still have access to it. <laughs> um, but yeah. Thank God, because my daughter wants to see it again tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're going to be in for it until that screener runs out. But then, you know, but then it'll be on Disney it's Plus. Not a, yeah. Yeah. It's not a premium title. So that that bodes well for you. It does. I am. I am thankful, even though that does strike me as a little strange. Like, it was great when Soul came out because it was like, oh, there's a pandemic and we don't know what's happening. But like, mm-hmm. I would have loved to have gone and seen this in a in a theater. Um, also, Soul is a, a movie that I did not bother trying to watch with my daughter. <laughs> mm. Yeah, no, the that's yeah. that's too cere- that seems way too like it was too cerebral for me. Like, right. I still don't understand what the message was. In Soul. So, so I'm not about to so, show my so daughter my, a movie that was scored by Trent Reznor. Like, that's just not so, happening. <laughs> so, one of my friends recently uh, allowed her daughter to watch Up for the first time. Oh, my daughter realizing- loves Up. Oh. Uh, well, this daughter, I think, hadn't seen it in a little bit and then suddenly decided to watch it again recently and so had grown up a little bit between then and now all of a sudden was like freaking out that her parents were going to die and had like this emotional like Uh breakdown and she was just like, oh, what did I do to myself? And she was like... Yeah, I had to console my daughter to sleep last night because she watched up again, which she's seen like five times. But this this time she was old enough to actually understand like that opening sequence and like what all that meant. And she just freaked out. And I was just like, oh, boy. (laughs) Yeah, related. Oh, go ahead. Related to that. um, One of my husband's friends went and saw this is when inside out was coming out and she took her daughter, her nine-year-old daughter to go see inside out. And her daughter flipped out during it and was like, viewed the movie as it was, as if it was a horror movie. She's like, mm-hmm. I don't want that to happen to me when I turn 12. Is that going to happen to me? Am when I, I going to become 12? sad? I, I don't want that to happen to me when I, when I hit 12 and her mom was like, Oh my God, this is a horror movie for young kids. <laughs> well, my daughter watches Inside Out and and seems to take it pretty well. Um, I think that there's there is a, a way in which I could almost be like, all right, you know, which emotions in the driver's chair now? Like, what are we, what are we dealing with? But like, I think it's she's handled it pretty well. She also 
in watching up, you know, is like, what, what is happening at this moment? And I'm like, uh, they found out that they can't have children. Uh, she passed away. That all she absorbed pretty easily. But when the dogs bite Kevin's leg and then they have to wrap a bandage around it, she is inconsolable. Oh my gosh. She is not a fan of, of Kevin coming to danger. Um, so that's interesting. Also, she really likes, uh, the 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 Dia de los Muertos movie, Coco, Coco baby, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, I it's... haven't seen it. What the fuck? Oh, Seriously, Robin, you gotta watch it. Sorry, okay. we need to do a classic episode. Yeah, yeah, oh, even, even though it's Let's... like four years old, and we one hundred percent reviewed it when it first came out. In fact, we had a twenty minute segment that was just Brian loses his mind over fucking Olaf's frozen Christmas adventure, <laughs> <laughs> which I skipped, notably skipped. I yes. heard all the bullshit, and I was like, I don't need any done. part of this. Yeah, um, <laughs> stayed in the lobby. What was I going to say? Um, yeah, that was the, that was the one where like, I'm sitting there like losing my mind and the poor Hispanic family in front of me turns around and asks me if this is Coco. And I'm like, yeah, at some point, oh boy. Anyway, um, what was I going to say? She likes Coco. I mean, she, she, today we watched the Monsters Inc. movies, uh, both of them. And you know, so she's got, she's got a good palate. Um, and that's a movie that definitely skews younger. Uh, Monsters Inc.? Yeah. I think I was just. I was going to say, too, like, childhood is not a monolith. Like, there are some mm-hmm. movies that are going to work well for kids um, who are preschool or kindergarten age. There are, gonna, there are some movies that work better for, like, later elementary school. So, you know, it really depends on the kid. And I don't want to judge a movie saying, like, oh, that's for babies and that's for, like, you know, mm-hmm. the smart kids. Like, I, I mean, I was a kid who loved Rugrats and then would also watch mommy dearest whenever it came out on hbo mm-hmm. so like <laughs> you just never know what you're gonna get so in the heights i just try it i'm just saying god no um 100 <laughs> not i'm gonna um, troll the shit out of you she did she did really like the newsies broadway production when it was on netflix um we watched Aww. that all the time and uh she really liked west side story so like she she does like musicals but again like those are very like i don't know basic melody chorus type things you know (laughs) like Mm -hmm. um she's able to respond to those songs a lot like literally respond like when they're like you know pulitzer and hearst they think they got us do they got us she gets up and screams no oh with all the little news boys um (laughs) i smell a halloween costume oh i thought about it yeah i definitely thought about it uh get her a little little page boy hat a little newsboy hat and a little sack and tell her to scream papes (laughs) That would be so cute. What did she, what was she last year? Um, last year, last year was pandemic. There was nothing happening. Oh, you didn't even dress up. <laughs> she, she had a little, it's like a, it was like a spiderweb vampire Halloween dress. You know, it mm-hmm. had like pumpkins and skeletons on it and it had a little web arm wings. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. So I don't know how best like Halloween glam, not Halloween costume. Yeah. Cause there was no, no one was going door to door or nothing. Mm-hmm. So maybe I'll try to talk her into a, a costume this year. Anyway, Do Luca. <laughs> Hamilton. This is what happens whenever we talk about children's films, I feel, is we get bogged down in like either the nostalgic remembering of childhood or like, you know, our interactions with modern day childhood. Mm-hmm. It happens or a lot. Or other 
other animated movies. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like maybe we just really wish we could just only talk about animated movies. <laughs> I, I do talk love about, them. I want to talk about Princess and the Frog. I really liked that one. Um, mm. But anyway, uh, other great stuff in this movie. Uh, I enjoyed... <laughs> I like the character designs. Like... This is another one of those things like, you know, the Toy Story movies like, yeah, the toys are fun, but like the humans are all kind of like, eh, whatever. And like, yeah, e- even up like Carl Fredrickson is is an interesting blocky character and Russell's cute as shit. Um, but there's only like three humans in it and it's those two and then the evil guy. But this movie, I feel like like it's best uh, encapsulated almost by uh, the dads. Um, Lorenzo played by Jim Gaffigan. And uh, Massimo, uh, who is Marco Baraccielli. I mean, those are just like great animated characters. Like Jim Lorenzo's fucking mustache and his like hunched over like waddle that he keeps even when he's a human. It's just like I saw him and I was like instantly, oh, this is like a great, I won't say iconic, but it's like a very noticeable, very recognizable I don't know, person. And then the fact that Massimo is like 17 feet tall and he's kind of <laughs> got uh Flint Lockwood's dad's issue of like his eyebrows cover his eyes completely. Um, mm-hmm. And he's like missing his arm. Yeah. And I so like birth, which, which yeah. is a nice, you know, uh, uh, Ooh, our, yeah, we're we in spoilers. Are in spoiler. yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, spoil yeah. me. Uh, yeah, no, like uh, that was that was such a nice touch that like he didn't lose it in an accident. He didn't like no, he was just born like that. And it's yeah. like and and he's this big, strong, capable like I, I don't I don't want to be ableist out of like him being able, right? But it's like right. it, it is nice to see that he didn't lose it in some kind of tragic accident or some kind of weird thing that happened. No, it wasn't was a trauma born. for him. It was yeah, a body just, diversity. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's yeah. how that's how he's been in fact my daughter. You know, uh, when <laughs> so McDonald's is giving away toys for Luca and Happy Meals. Eh? Um, so she presently please, has. Please tell me they like transform. Like that would. Oh, well, no, that, <laughs> no, they're that bath would just toys. be too comp. Okay, perfect. But I, I was going to say that would be too complicated for like a toy to do. You know, you say that, that comes like, with a Happy Meal. <laughs> they, there is like there is like a, uh, you know, you can put something in water and like it'll change color and then when it dries off it'll change again now i don't know what oh, kind of like I, I, longevity I mean there it, is yeah no i mean like it sprouts like like ears and shit oh that's so. fucking bananas bill it's a mcdonald's yeah. toy. that's not <laughs> see um, exactly <laughs> what is no, the toy like you said it transforms in the bath no no so they're bath toys so like one of them oh. is is machiavelli the cat and it is like a little squirt gun so you you bring it in the bath <laughs> And then um, when you it like fills up with water and then you push the stomach and it squirts water out of its mouth. Um, okay. But the the she also so she got she's almost got the entire, um, you know, Julia's family. <laughs> she's got Ma- wow. Massimo and Mac uh, Machiavelli. And when she opened the toy, she's like, oh, it's it's the dad. And I was like, yeah, it is. And she's like, why doesn't he have an arm again? And I said he was born with that. And she said, oh, OK. And then yeah. when she was watching the movie again and he came on, she was like, he was born without an arm. And I was like, yeah. And she's like, yeah, that was, it was, it was just like one of those nice things where it's like it, I didn't have to like explain some trauma to her. It's like, oh, well, you know, some people like get attacked by sharks or something. It's like, no, that's just how <laughs> some people are born. And she's like, okay, great. That answers the question. Now we can move on. Cause that guy rules. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's the kind of that's, that's the kind of inclusivity that we love here. I loved the character design for Ercole. <laughs> I took one look at him and I was like, that's you, Nick. I said that to my husband. Um, he he just like scrunched up his face. Like, okay, Ercole does not wear glasses. So are you saying but... you were sexually attracted to Ercole? I was not. He was a D-hole. I did not like Ercole, but I okay. liked his name and I liked his face. So I just like faces like his. I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. Okay, no, no, no. Are, are you saying you are attracted to faces like that, or you just like looking at that face? Um, attracted to, but I wasn't attracted to okay. Eric Halle because he was a he was a dick. But yeah. I like also he's like only that. sixteen. Oh right, that, I forgot yeah. about that too. But like, <laughs> she did not. She did not card him. She did not yeah. card him. It, it, but that reminded me of um. Oh my god, what's his name in Ratatouille? I really, I did have a crush on that guy. Yeah, you didn't, you didn't like uh, Alfredo Linguini in in Ratatouille. No, I'm saying I had a crush. Oh, on okay, him. you better because he's a cute guy. Yeah, I was like is totally that the rat? into his face. No, it's not the fucking rat. It's the guy the rat pilots. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just kidding. The rat's homunculus. <laughs> um, it's his Evangelion. Yeah, I was. I, oh my God. I liked him. Like he, this the guy looks. <laughs> Alfredo Angelia. looks exactly like the crush that I had in college. So that makes a lot of sense for me, and it makes sense that I married like the non-glasses wearing Ercolay. All that being said, but but a not dick. My husband right. is not yeah. a dick. He's kind um, of the opposite. All that being said, if if I were your partner and you turned to me and said, oh, that's you, I would stand up and walk out and you would never hear from me again. <laughs> well, there's a reason why I'm married to my husband and you and I are not married. <laughs> he can take my bullshit. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, I guess if it was like a culmination of years and me understood, but like if it was like second date time, I'd be like, all right, I got to get uh, out of here. That would be a little weird. Oh, to watch Luca <laughs> together on a second date and for them. No, the it would be weird to, to be like, you look like you look like this weird looking character. <laughs> <laughs> um, my husband's actually shockingly handsome considering all the other guys I've liked. So I will put that out there. All right. Well, we're going to have to take your word okay. for that. Um, yeah. Hercule. 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 Yeah. You have to say it with a with an accent. Hercule is hilarious um, in his his utter Almost, almost bordering on offensive Italianness. <laughs> His monomaniacal Italianness. Well, didn't Sasha Baron Cohen play uh, a character in um, Cars Two that was like very, very like ridiculously Italian? Wasn't he like the little Formula One car? I can't remember this. Why oh, was it there Guido? Yeah. In cars? No, 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 not the first one. Cars oh. two, which you haven't seen. So. I have not. No. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm uh, the 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 only Italian car I know is is there's Luigi and Guido. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, Guido, those, who those is played by very... an actor whose name is Guido. I just found out. <laughs> <laughs> I'll look this up privately. Wait, so Sasha Baron Cohen was the the weird uncle, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah. The deep that was sea a fun coda. Dude. <laughs> when he showed up, 
Like, this is what I'm talking about. Like, the moments like that, like, every time I watch this movie with my daughter, even though I'm in another room, I'm, I, like, will listen out and be like, oh, oh, this is the time he fell asleep, and now he's going, I have to go in so I can see the weird deep sea uncle. <laughs> you know what you're thinking of, Bill? I think you're thinking of, oh, no, it's not coming to me, because I just looked up Gars, too. He's not in Cars, too. But wasn't he in um, the Will Ferrell uh, race car driver oh, movie. He was. Oh, yeah. isn't that what you're Talladega Nights. Well, that's amazing. Isn't I love how you mixed up Talladega Nights. You thought it was so cartoonish that you thought it was a literal cartoon. <laughs> So, so yes, I you, did. A, I, you did, you yeah. did, you did. I just looked this up for sure. But I love the idea of him playing like a Ferrari or like one of those other cars. Yeah, how was that? Yeah, on? no. Uh, so, so it was it was actually John Turturro that places uh, that plays the uh, the the Italian race car. Um, but yeah, okay. Uh, so I have a funny story about Talladega Nights. So I haven't actually watched it uh, recently or it at all ever uh, since the first time I watched it because I was high on uh, painkillers from. Uh, getting my uh wisdom teeth pulled and so i went to go see it and my friend was just laughing his ass off and i was just sitting in the theater just being like this movie's dumb i hate this i hate this entire experience and i know if i have watched if i had watched it again or not in that context i probably would have laughed my ass off but now that movie just constantly like i keep seeing clips from it and i'm like this is funny and i'm just like I don't remember any of this. So yeah, that's, that's my brief story. It's like when I went completely shit faced to see Shrek the third or something. Oh, sorry. I don't. That's, that's a bad movie. Just period. The only thing I remember is them going to some amusement park. Maybe I can't remember. No, anyway, I know I was like conscious Vegas during vacation the, or something. I know I was conscious during the whole thing because there was a point where a friend of mine woke up during the end credits and said, "Oh, thank God I didn't miss the movie," <laughs> and I laughed at him. Um, anyway, so uh, let's stop talking about abusing substances and get back to Hamilton. the PG-rated family <laughs> film. <clears throat> Sorry, Courtney, you missed that. Uh, we we were talking about uh, in the Heights yesterday, and every time we got sidetracked, I would just yell Hamilton, and it became a a, a running joke. It's so like now, our safe word now. Yeah, now, now it's now it's going to turn. <laughs> Is into it a your thing. safe word? I don't know. I don't know. That doesn't right feel answer. safe. It doesn't feel safe. It's safer than Bill being like, "Get the fuck back to the point, everybody." Well, yeah, Bill. Every once in a while, just. Us like staying like what are we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> we clicked the hyperlinks, it's, it's man. Hard. I don't know how we got here. <laughs> it's hard because yeah. you feel like you're talking to your friends and not like entertaining other people. Uh, my my only hope is that people will be entertained. Um, that's all I got going for me. Right. <laughs> Sorry, goal, everybody. If this ever started feeling like a job, I wouldn't do it. Because <laughs> I hate to work. Uh, 100%. There was a tweet that I saw that was like, the best advice I can give for young people at the beginning of their careers is to work weekends. And I retweeted what? it. Ooh. And I was like, Ooh. this is why I'm totally Ooh. fucking fine having a job and not a career. Like, mm. I don't want a career. I don't want to be one of those people who are like, oh, yeah, 25 years in the same place. And I finally got my gold watch. Like, no, give me the <laughs> shitty job where, like, my manager barely knows my name. 
but I get a steady paycheck and I have plenty of free time to do the shit that I love. Like I do not need to make my job a thing. Platform jobs are legit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. My dad, uh, when I was when I was growing up, he said, um, you know, there's two kinds of people. They're the people who uh, live to work and the ones who work to live. And he's like, mm-hmm. you're definitely going to be a work to live kind of guy. Did and I? I was like, yeah. So, that's 100% so Courtney, you mm-hmm. primarily do this for a living, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you live to work, right? Like, this is fun for you. This is fun for me. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. there are moments there are moments when it's not fun, of course, like when you're getting, you know, the runaround from publicists and, mm. you know, you're getting lied to or if, you know, it's, you know, dumb things are happening where it's like, oh, my God, can we just have some perspective here? But like, you know, maj- you know, for the majority of it, I love doing what I do. Like, I feel incredibly blessed that I get to do what I do um, and like, you know get to write about things that I love and things that I don't love, um, which, you know, that can be also taxing at times, just as taxing <laughs> as writing about how you love something. It's sort of hard to formulate, but oh, I yeah. love doing what I do. Like I, I didn't really think this would be the Avenue I would be, you know, in, but it makes sense of, you know, sort of where my whole life has sort of been gravitating towards movies from like a young age. I thought I was going to be more on the production side of things, but you know, plans change. And that just, you know, became such a thing where I was just like, not interested in, you know, dedicating 20 hours a day to the production side. And, Mm -hmm. but you know, I have the utmost, like the utmost respect for people who do the production side of things. And, you know, we got to learn about, when I wanted to do that, like all sorts of crafts and how it all works and how, you know, movie making is a total collaboration between all departments. And, um, but you know, I never sort of thought I would be writing in any sort of way about movies, but everybody like my whole life is like, you should write about these. You should write about this. You should write about this. And so I was like, okay. Uh, And when I finally got an offer to do that, it was like, okay, I'll try it for a year. And if I don't like it, then, you know, I can get out, you know, who cares? Um, but I wound up really loving it. And so, you know, 10 plus years later, I'm still doing what I love. And, you know, again, there can be days where I'm not so in love with, with doing stuff. And there are times where, you know, I just love talking about something, you know, and sharing the love of movies with people. So like you find folk. Why, thank you. Yeah, I, when I was at the yeah. beach, it was funny because um, I was Grazie. at the beach. I was at the beach for two weeks, and the first um, the, the first <laughs> week I was there, I was still working remotely, so I couldn't really go on the beach until like five p.m. Um, and there was a family that was renting the house next door to us that had two girls that were about my girl's age, and my parents like on Thursday, I guess, like the of the first week, I come out, and they're like, "You have to like." buy those guys a bottle of wine or something or like offer to like take pictures of them and their family because they have been basically watching your daughter and i was like first of all you're her grandparents you (laughs) should be watching my daughter don't let strangers watch her but um you know she had really like become friends with these girls and everything so i did i like i took a bunch of candid photos and i like told the, the the father i was like hey like you know thanks so much here's some pictures i took and he was like oh my god these are really good you know we were even just talking about how like 
we hadn't been able to take many pictures because like we have to wrangle the girls and we're doing all this stuff. And like, this is so great that you, you know, you have these and they're really nice. Um, and then he said, like, is this what you do professionally? And I was like, look, I, um, I'm a technical editor for the government. I, uh, do freelance, you know, moonlighting, podcasting, movie writing, and I'm trying to start a distillery. I have been paid three times to take photographs and I decided <laughs> that I didn't want to do that because I need to do one thing for free that I just enjoy. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. and I, I probably could have made more of a go at photography being a professional thing than like the movie thing. Cause like, I'm pretty sure I've peaked with the movie thing, but I'm totally fine with that <laughs> because I just couldn't imagine on top of everything else I was doing. Also like trying to schedule like 20 hours of photo shoots a week and then like trying to like adjust that balance. It That's just a hard work. job. That's like a physically demanding job too. Oh yeah. It's fun. Mm-hmm. I can't even imagine it. Um, I have a bunch of friends who do it and they're like, yeah, you've got the skill. Like you should do it. You're like just, you know, to invest some time. And I'm like, no, I've decided that I'm perfectly fine taking pictures of my dog and my child and having and people also, tell me. And also, you get to choose whatever the fuck you want to take a picture of, and you're not like some bridezilla's bitch. Yeah, 100%. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't want to take a picture of some girl in a barn. Right. <laughs> anyway. well, do you remember there was a time in like the 90s where it was like babies and like baskets? and Oh, oh yeah, the God, Ann yeah. The Ann Gettys, like babies in vegetable <laughs> gardens or whatever. You yeah, go the to baby the mall, is a strawberry. You go to the mall <laughs> and it's like, here, we've got these giant wooden blocks and like, let's, uh, yeah, no, that shit was bananas. Anyway, anyways, um, Hamilton, Luca. Yeah. Um, what was I saying? I love that. I love the uncle from the deep. Everything he says is hilarious. The fact that Luca oh, yes. has to punch him in the heart and he's just like, <laughs> there's so much oxygen is, up here. It's so good. And I love that. Like he can see his heart, like yeah. see through. You can also his, hear oh, it on the soundtrack. Oh, yeah. Just it, it, it's weird because it only beats like every 30 seconds. <laughs> and it's and he's staring at it and he's just like you know he, <laughs> there's no oxygen down there you know but you'll learn that there's no light there's nothing to see anyway you know but there's all the whale carcass <laughs> you could eat just little bits of it floating every time you open oh your mouth god. you can't see it you can't stop it i really like it i recommend it it's just like oh my god what an incredibly hilariously bleak place and then, uh, of course, my Rudolph's mother's character saying, like, I you know, know you, and if I have to send you to the bottom of the ocean to protect you, I will. It's just like, oh, boy. <laughs> I just found that so... Uh, not, not a thing against the story, but, like, it made me really mad at the parents that they would even consider something like that. Like, you can't live that close to the surface and not expect that your child is going to be curious about someplace else like it just didn't sure didn't like like sense. growing up growing up next to a racetrack and not expecting your kid to be like enamored with race cars or something right like that, right, right mm-hmm. exactly. what is your race like, car kick today <laughs> I, don't, I don't know boy boy vroom vroom <laughs> you know i mean also we didn't even talk about how this is little boy little mermaid it's um sure. I was actually thinking about that, but like he, you know, I think that it, it does have that a little bit, except he doesn't have to make a deal with a sea witch. He doesn't have to sell off any of his agency. He's not doing it for love. And he doesn't even really give a shit. <laughs> about, I mean, like I th- I did look around his room at his thingamabobs to see if any of them were similar to 
He doesn't have plenty. If there was like a, yeah, in case there was any sort of like Easter eggs in there, but there weren't. I like combed over it <laughs> to see, but there it, were none. It did feel like the kind of thing. A missed where opportunity. Like, yeah, yeah, I should see Definitely. some sort of little mermaid esque thing here. But. Yes, mm-hmm. for sure. Like a fork. Where's the, where's the fork? Yeah. Right. Where's the dingle hopper? Where's the snarflat? Yeah. <laughs> but you know that's in Denmark. This is Italy. It's just- true. Yeah. True. They, do, they do use forks. forks a lot in this movie, though. <laughs> there's just a lot of food there's, in this movie. Well, it, it, what, what I found funny is that they don't use this. Is, is this not a thing in Italy? Maybe I, I. I mean, I'm not asking a bunch of Italians necessarily, so you know, feel free to bypass this question altogether. But like, I thought the thing is that you use the spoon and the spork to help kind of. I'm sorry. Did you get, say spork? It, spork. No, I said spoon. No. Oh, did I? Yeah, did we'll I? Spoon. yeah. <laughs> listen to this episode. <laughs> Fork. Wow, well, what uh, a class shibboleth. <laughs> no, I, uh, I, I definitely love sporks. I actually have them. That's my main utensil. But uh, anyways, no, it is not. Oh yes, we cannot get hung up on this. We've gotten hung up on so many other things. <laughs> Hamilton, Hamilton, Hamilton. Let's move on. Um, but no, so a a spoon and a fork wow i almost said it again <laughs> a spoon and a fork like uh, isn't that like the classic way to string up i mean that is and... a way to do it i don't know if that's like the way that they did it back in the old country yeah but but what i'm saying is like would italians look at that and go what the fuck like no you know so, i mean they uh, well, have, actually like, the director's full italian yeah and they had a like... lot of like italian people on the thing on the show so i would assume that if it wasn't realistic someone would have piped up to be like hey this isn't how we eat pasta realistically in italy yeah no i no. feel like i would assume but he, i think he said this was like slightly based on his like memories of his childhood like mm-hmm. yes, in, yes. That, yeah. in that region when he so was like, a monster yes yeah when he was a sea monster <laughs> all but, the sea monster stuff realistic yeah but um i think they did at least in certain parts of italy in the 19th century um f- people did eat pasta with their hands it was a finger food um oh. and i think there was oh. some tourism like people from the rest of other parts of the continent you know they would go to italy and all that kind of stuff and one of the pieces of tourism would be sort of (laughs) hanging around the slums watching poor people eat pasta with their fingers like i'm not making this wow dicks (laughs) yeah i mean i don't know if those are the exact details but i remember recently reading this thinking like hmm you know i do know that i um i looked up the recipe for trente al pesto and that is a dish that is from this region Okay. So that's that's not just what like is it them. called? Uh, Trinette al pesto. Trinette. It's like a it's a flattened kind of you know spaghetti pasta. You know it's it's a flattened pasta that's kind of like linguine, but I think a little less broad. Gotcha. And it's uh it's with a pesto. Interesting. Which oh my god, like you know uh, one of the reasons I don't look up a lot of recipes online is that recipe people who write in blogs are very catty. Really? <laughs> it's in just what like way? it's like a lot of like. Now, I know that most people make a pesto this way, but in the old country, a pesto is just supposed to be these four ingredients. And don't even get me started on people who use cream for an Alfredo sauce, those heathens. And then you read another person and they're like, sure, some elitists will tell you that you can't do it this way. And I'm just like, guys, first of all, it's ridiculous that you make me read a thousand words before you give me the fucking recipe. 
Okay, but you know, first of all, people do that for SEO. Oh, one hundred percent. Yes, that's important, and I will defend it. I mean, I I understand. <laughs> I understand the necessity for it, but I just like I've so rarely actually scroll. Read it. I do. I know that's what I do. Oh, yeah. But for the pesto <laughs> one, I was like, oh yeah, let me just read this, and then I was like, wow, these people hate each other or the straw men that they have created to represent each other. Mm -hmm. Um, But yes. So anyway, they do that. I also love that this movie very earnestly represents their dreams of like exploring the world um, either for adventure or for, you know, furthering of knowledge in the form of a Vespa. (laughs) <laughs> like which it, is so which is fucking like random the, no offense the, it's it no it's definitely like an italian thing like it holy is shit. but it's also that's just it. like a vespa that's the whole that's the MacGuffin. that's the whole thing it's it, oh, like yeah. i said i don't it's, know that it's, it's it's perfect yeah it's not it's like a, an education <laughs> be, well, well at the end it becomes an education so that's the thing that i actually really like about this movie is that the two boys are bonded by their desire for more, but they don't even know what that more is yet. Mm-hmm. And throughout the course of the movie, they discover what it is. So like Alberto is, is desperate for some kind of companionship after being abandoned by yeah, his father. A, um, a family, uh-huh. right? And so, yeah, so he, he attaches to Luca, but then realizes that like, you know, part of being a part of a family isn't clinging to someone so hard they can't leave, but like letting them go mm-hmm. so they can come back. And also he finds his place uh, with Mastavo, who's honestly a super awesome fucking guy. And yeah. talking about almost crying in this movie, uh, in the end credits, when they're just like hand drawn yeah. you know, 2D, when, mm-hmm. when, they, when they show him getting a knife from Mastavo. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh my god, he got his knife. Oh, daddy knife. Yeah. Knife daddy. <laughs> Is that another safety phrase for you? <laughs> knife daddy? No. <laughs> but like Massimo Jesus is a knife god. daddy. Oh. He's such a daddy. Um I would it would be weird to me, honestly, if the internet did not become horny for him. Guys, I'm blushing right now. This is too thirsty for me. This is way too thirsty. <laughs> I'm not saying he's a sexual knife daddy. I'm saying he's a literal knife daddy. He is a daddy, a, a man who has a child, and he has knives. I yeah. love... And he could teach me a thing or two about butchery. I'm just saying. Right. Oh, Jesus Christ. I love... I Literally. Love, I love... Um, there's also just something very pure about the way that, like, uh, Alberto says, what do you think he kills with those... <laughs> but yeah so alberto you know he wants the vespa because he just needs to go out there and he needs to like fill his life with experience to you know fill the void of loneliness and luca is being smothered to death by his mother mm-hmm. um and mm-hmm. thinks that he needs that but what he realizes he really loves is just knowledge and like being aware of things yeah. and he doesn't mm-hmm. need to have crazy experiences he just needs to be able to know what is out there and and I love I that know. they they yeah. come to that understanding and it all it all kind of works out. And uh, Luca gets I did to go love to the scene where mm-hmm. um, Julia is like, uh, "Stars are not fish." Here's the truth, and then he's just like, "Whoa, like smartness." I know. It was just it's... very sweet, and, and and like I I intrinsically understood that moment. There was something about it where he this is a kid who was like never really he's never seen the sky. Yeah. How is he supposed to understand what a planet is? And yet five-year-olds understand what planets are. Mm-hmm. Like they learn what the planets are and are in like 
preschool. Right. Cora so, knew what a planet was at like two because we were watching the Magic School Bus together. Right. It's just it's it it is kind of mind boggling how kids just accept knowledge of like the vast universe um, to such an such an inherent in such an inherent way. Like it doesn't need to be hammered in. They right. just that's the insidiousness of round earth propaganda. <laughs> 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 Sorry. I feel like Sorry. I haven't made a flat earth joke. That in a was while. very good. That Thank was you. very good. Um, uh, but no, that, but I that's, love that, that scene. Oh, it's a beautiful that's scene. The beauty. That's the beauty of this sequence, though, is that because she is so young, she's not like, what are you, an idiot? Like, no, she's just like, oh, let me tell you all about this. Like, this is this is really cool. Like, I just found out about it. And so, like, yeah, if he was like, I don't know, transformed and in like 18, 20 years old, some kid would be like, you're a fucking moron. Like, what what is wrong with you? Right. You know, and it's like, oh, no, like she's just like, let me share this knowledge with you. This is awesome. Like and she even gives him a fucking book. And she's like, ah, mm-hmm. yeah, great. That's, well, that's it, it, great scene. Great scene. I don't Has anybody ever read Educated by Tara Westover? Nope. Or familiar with that book? Mm-mm. So it's, it's about a woman who grows up in a fundamentalist Mormon household in the middle of I- Idaho. Like her family lives on a mountain and she's completely homeschooled, but her family, um, you know, her, her childhood education is really spotty and she ends up teaching herself a lot of stuff. Like she, she gets a math textbook and teaches it to herself. And this is, this is the lengths that she goes to to uh, broaden her broaden her world, um, especially because her brothers they keep having these catastrophic injuries from working in a scrap metal yard, and it's like it's a crazy story. It's a real story, and she, she ends up going to college. And like on the one of the her in one of her first visits at Brigham Young University, she somebody uh, is lecturing about the Holocaust, and she raises her hand is like, "What is the Holocaust?" And in that. And, everybody stares at her like like they think she's joking like they think she's either like an anti-semite or like an asshole whereas she just was totally um hidden away from the world basically and there's something i don't know that that scene was so powerful the book is very very powerful and it talks about the value of an education what is even an education and i think that this that luca like the strengths of luca are within those same themes which is what what does Luca know and what doesn't he know? And what is the what is the entire universe between those things? And how is he going to get beyond that? Um, and I think so, there's something very personal to me about somebody who leaves their home to seek an education, um, because that is in some ways like my story to some extent, although, you know, it's not like my education was bad growing up by, by any means, but it is. I think a very brave thing to do um, is to kind of leave everything, you know, and mm-hmm. go look and go find yourself elsewhere and whatever an education means. And I think that's really the, that's really the heart of this story. Well, that's like when, when you brought up that it was like a little mermaid, it's like, you know, I'm not going to become one of these people who thinks it's trendy to knock on the old Disney movies because people were motivated by love. Because guess what? People are motivated by love all the goddamn time. Mm. However, mm-hmm. Luca is like eight-ish, maybe. He's <clears throat> like 12. He's 12. He's supposed to be 12. All right. Well, that works. Um, it's the same thing. Like, you know, sure, at that point, he could be like looking at people and being like, oh, I'm in love. But I, I like the fact that he is motivated 
like solely by a desire to understand and to explore and to to just become like become <laughs> educated about the world like and even though he wouldn't mm-hmm. put it that way that's clearly what he's after and so like you know he's hanging out with alberto and what he loves about alberto is the fact that he seems to know everything and then mm-hmm. it's the same thing mm-hmm. that attracts him to julia is that she seems to be an access point for more knowledge and so like it it's just it's like a really it's a really interesting and and like meaningful and deeper reason for there to be friction between those two you know then you know alberto being like you know oh man we were best friends and now some girls come and you're like in love with her instead it's like alberto being like we were supposed to like take on the world together and now you just want to like study mm-hmm. about it like mm-hmm. we're supposed to hop on this vespa and like go see the world and you just want to read about it and, um, exactly. It and is it, a love story. <clears throat> I like I will I'm not disagreeing with you, but I'm going to reframe what you're saying is like he it, like Luca is motivated by love and that love is for Alberto. Not necessarily okay. romantic. I'm not saying it's romantic. I don't even love, know if but... I even like if it was just a platonic love. I don't know about that because like he 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 does seem willing to go without him though when he gets the train ticket he does ask if alberto is coming i mean yeah i mean he's absolutely motivated and it's and he listen he has to go find his own thing and that's like that's the end of the movie but that connection with alberto remains it's like Uh, ron and harry or whatever maybe it is a love story or like a pre pubescent Mm -hmm. love story for all i know um i'm not gonna i'm not gonna close the door on that one but I would say it absolutely Wait is for a, the sequel. a love and friendship story. <laughs> oh, no. I mean, well, it, they... Yeah, it's gateway. definitely friendship. Yeah. It's definitely the, about friendship. Right. Because like, love in friendship. Right. Lucas yes. says, like, I can't go without you. And, and Alberto even says, like, I, I, you know, you're not going without me. Like, I'm inside of you now. Like, every time that you, you know, have that tell Bruno to shut up, I'm going to be... <laughs> that's me telling him to shut up with you. And um, I also love the fact that, like, you know, talking about how it's a love story, like, it, it is about... And I think the grandmother puts it very succinctly, like, you know, you go out into the world and there will be people who don't accept you no matter what, you know, for whatever reason. Like, even even if you are not outwardly, you know, a member of an oppressed class, there's always gonna be someone who hates you for no fucking reason. Like, it's just the way the world works. But like she says, like, Luca has a talent at finding the people who will. And that's like the thing that's going to see him through, like his open heart and his like empathy and his understanding. And again, his like desire for knowledge. And um. I like the fact that 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 comes out and that Alberto says he's going to be with him. And then I also like the fact that Alberto is is like champing at the bit to get out there and see the world. And then he realizes that's not what he needs. What he needs is to stick around with Massimo and with Luca's parents because he doesn't need freedom. He needs, you know, people who care about him. Mm-hmm. And maybe mm-hmm. he will explore he needs a family. Right, I think that he like Some when he grows up, he can go and explore. To, yeah, to get you to that next place. Oh yeah, he didn't have that. You want to have the privilege that Luke had. <laughs> <laughs> he, I mean, I think the thing is, you know, like there's a difference between going out into the world to run away from something and going out into the world to like explore. Like, I think that's one of the reasons why Luca is able to leave, is because he's not running away. You know, he's he's going out in search of something to like enrich himself. Whereas if Alberto were to leave. It would be just to get away from the situation that he doesn't like. And I think that, yeah, he's there to continue the work on himself, you know, that we see in the kind of uh, in the postscript that happens between the credits. And uh, it's it's really cute and it's really beautiful. 
and yeah, I always I love a I love a movie that like actually has like like you know that kind of um what's that movie with the dead kid on the railroad tracks Stand by Me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like I like a Stand wow. by Me esque tale of like you know deep profound like you know male friendships at that age because I always feel mm-hmm. like you don't you like I've I've brought it up before that like Hollywood seems like terrified of like deep male friendships it's, yeah I it's agree. kind of really sad uh-huh. and it's to the point that they're so rare that whatever they happen people just assume that there's like a homosexual subtext and it's like you know still possible yeah but also like i feel like it's just like well why would they make them friends if they didn't want to have sex it's like <laughs> the, the hollywood just is like what do we do with platonic friendships like can we just like pretend they don't exist because it's very difficult to wring any kind of dramatic tension from them mm-hmm but this movie does. Brad, that is a, an absolute male friendship love story. Which one? Super bad. Oh my fuck! Yeah. Uh, also, Jesus. this movie is super bad to some extent. <laughs> like, <laughs> at least in terms of like structure. Yeah. <sighs> like net, like okay. uh, like uh, emotional structure. Okay. All right. Yes, I'll I'll get. Yeah. I was about to say, where's the point where Alberto's drawing a bunch of dicks? <laughs> <laughs> well just you know in terms of you have one friend who's staying one friend who's leaving and yeah. what what tensions. I, I mean i guess the, the dicks in this are, are the vespas yes yeah yeah that's such yeah. a scene when 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 alberto's like or when lucas says like you know there's a big telescope we should when we're on our adventure we should get a telescope and alberto's like yeah and it'll shoot lightning and lucas like no no like i'm i'm beyond the like ooh, this is cool adventure time like i'm on a different track now <laughs> When do yeah, we do exactly. a super bad classic episode? Whenever the hell you want to. I will do it tomorrow, in all honesty. Oh my gosh. It came, it came out in 2007, so maybe in two, maybe next year. We oh, can do we're not going to be alive next year. Let's do it sooner than that. Oh, <laughs> I'm not doing a 14th I'm, anniversary I'm of anything. <laughs> I'm going to melt this week, so, you know, plan plan accordingly. Yeah, I'm yeah. scared for Bill's you. Bill's going to die of either yeah. freezing to death or a heat stroke. I, God only knows. <laughs> I mean... Uh, don't even buy green bananas anymore um <laughs> something, something about cicadas yeah i was like ooh, like what's the joke i can make that's not going to make a bunch of people dm me <laughs> cicadas oh, Lord. cicadas you're, you're just you just yeah, the cicadas are gonna insomnia. lift me away yeah no you're gonna die of insomnia no the just cicadas are quiet at night thankfully ah well just wait just wait until until their body clocks get knocked off kilter you know all it takes is like <laughs> a thousand of them and then you'll just die true all right <laughs> sorry all hamilton right. hamilton um, I, another thing that I like about this movie is I, I, uh, and again, this goes with, um, me talking to my daughter is, um, the concept of like the reasons that people are, are violent towards others and that, that Hercule, <laughs> the, the dick that he is really sums it up well when Luca is like, we're not afraid of you. And Hercule is like, yeah, but we're all afraid of you. You're disgusting. Like, we're going to kill you anyway. Like, this isn't about how you feel about us. Mm-hmm. Like, this is coming from a different place. Yeah, it's it's power in numbers, right? Yeah. Well, it's also, it's not even that. It's like, we're not, we're not coming at you because like, you know, we think that you don't like us. We just don't like you. Like, this is totally one-sided. Like, you don't have to be a participant sure. in my hatred of you. Um. Mm-hmm. 
And I like that Massimo stands forward and, uh, and you know, as the pillar of the community that he is, uh, possibly literally, he is a very large man. Um, <laughs> he like, you know, I, I wonder, <laughs> I wonder how much, how much of the fish he is actually consuming to keep that kind of mass going. So I mean, he know. was beheading a lot and he doesn't sell the ones he beheads, you know? So like, you got to keep that in mind. <laughs> okay. Again, I Fair just love enough. that line. What do you yeah. think he kills with those? It's just like, yeah. it's such a, it's, it's, it is one of those things where I'm like, oh, this is like not going to talk down to children. Like, this is good, I guess. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, cause, cause have, Cora's like, why, they... why do the people hate the sea monsters? I'm like, well, they're, they're afraid of them. And so that, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things where the afraid it's just of a nice way to, yeah, it's a nice way to put it. Oh man, you want to talk about also a heartbreaking moment is when Luca totally 100% turns on Alberto Yes, mm-hmm. that, that was that that was that was my heartbreaking scene. That's not that's not when I cried, but definitely like probably if I had seen this in a theater, that would have been one of those moments where I've just been like, you know, my like it just seemed like it, everything was going so well, and for like two minutes it went out of sync. And then that happened, and I was like, that's not something that either of these characters is going to be able to, like, easily recover from. Right. Like, just looking at his his face when, he, you know, he turns on him, I was just like, Right, because he's shit. like, there, I've made my point, and Luca's like, oh my god, a sea monster. Yeah. And again, it's it's one of those things where my, my daughter says to me, why did he call him a sea monster? <laughs> it's like... Because he's a fucking traitor. Right, because he's a class <laughs> traitor. That's what he is. It's, um... I sort of felt like that moment was coming because there's always a conflict to get you to the sure. next part of I the didn't... movie. So I felt like that was approaching, but I think the way that they handled it was well done. Right. So I feel like it could be both things of feeling like, okay and where's the conflict here's the conflict and like of course it's going to be this but i think they handled it well and in a natural way where it didn't feel like false notes it just felt like this is coming and i hadn't predicted that it would come that way though i was expecting like oh they both get found out or like i was expecting alberto like throw water on luca so he was also and then they'd have to like run away and they'd have to have like a fight about it i was I don't think I expected Luca to turn on his own in that way. Like, you're right that there's definitely had to be some kind of conflict, but I thought it was going to be like, why did you sell me out, man? Like, you you sabotaged my chance at happiness because you can't stand to be alone. And instead, Luca, like, I mean, I, you know, I called him a class traitor, but he kind of is, you know, he he really mm-hmm. sells his oh, own 100%. kind down yeah. the river. For sure. For sure. And, and as my daughter said, like, why did he call him a sea monster? Like, he knows that he's not a monster. Uh, you know, he <laughs> he knows who he is. Like, why is he acting like he's afraid? And I, like, had to explain to her, like, internalized resentment and the desire to keep a secret. <laughs> There's some heavy stuff in this movie, even though it's, you know, ostensibly more pitched at kids than, like, Up is, you know? There's a lot of, like, I mean, a lot of this stuff all comes out of the emotion of fear and what Mm -hmm. people do with fear and how they sort of internalize it, whether it be the humans and how they feel about sea monsters or the parental fears or children, how they deal with fear. So, like, the whole thing comes back to fear and how can that be managed and even the fears of friendships between Alberto and Luca and 
the fear of losing each other and to whatever thing, whether that be education or, you know, going along with the crowd. Um, so it seems like that's the prevailing theme of the movie, um, along with, you know, the smaller sort of offshoots of like acceptance and, you know, anxiety and those sorts of things. Yeah. And none of this stuff is like super breakthrough, like, oh, wow, a child's no, movie that yeah. finally deals with this. But I think that the way it does it and the way it folds it into its story and then just the way that it's animated. Like, I, again, I just really appreciate the kind of elasticity of the characters. I love just the like when Alberto's running down the hill after his makeshift Vespa is ripped apart, just the way his legs move and the way he like has to bend forward. And um there's just like a really great kind of almost classically animated vibe to that that I really like. And then um like the just when, again the voice acting is like Maya Rudolph. I I you when when Luca and and Alberto win and then his parents like come through and she's hugging him like you know she's going to be like oh I'm proud of you never do that again but like she really does pull off like the actual emotion of each of those lines and the way that it segues into the next one and like but there's still a piece of it that lingers it's 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 a deceptively i think that what's interesting about it is that that is a line that i could totally see coming but i think that it's delivered the best that it possibly could be to the point that it actually becomes effective so another effective scene i think is uh one that i had a lot of fun with is soccer sequence where uh the mother played by maya rudolph uh realizes that she can like just blatantly bump kids into the water fountain mm -hmm. as long as it's surrounding a game of soccer <laughs> i was just like what is going on cora loves sequence. that scene she loves that that, that is <laughs> That is a great slapstick scene, but it's also just like really clever in the way of like, here's this central thing that's always kind of like the, the central like meeting place of the town is centered around and everything like that. And it's like, okay, what, what, what silly way can we get to get all of these kids, you know, wet and that is a very easy way, but it's also inventive and it's also fun. And, it, but it does bring up a question that I have in that it takes Luca quite a while to like learn how to walk and learn how to like move around in this world. And it takes someone to like guide him through that process. And it very much appears that the parents realize that they turn into human form when they get to the surface the very first time they go searching for Luca and I'm just like, okay, wait, so now they can play soccer. Like, well, they're powered by their here? need to find their son. I mean, I don't know. They're older. <laughs> her, powered by the parental, her grand, her, her mother told them all about, I mean, you know, there's, there's, you can come up with reasons for it. Sure. Um, what but I was going to say it is, is it is fun. I like the fact that like, there, there is a mini arc where these two are just like the water based boogeyman of the entire town. Because you see uh -huh. random moments throughout just the rest drop, of the movie, they're like dropping water, dropping water balloons, and like then he's got like the seltzer bottle, and then when they're uh -huh. supposed to be handing out water to the racers, all the kids <laughs> swerve around them because they're terrified of them. 
Oh, okay. I didn't even notice that. That's oh, good. yeah. Well, again, I've watched this movie 15 times, so I've picked up on a lot of stuff. <laughs> you, sh- you could send notes to Pixar is what you're saying. You're like, I, I got some ideas. This yeah. one doesn't work on the on the 14th time. Well, like, again, you know, my, my daughter will ask me a question from another room and I'll know what she's talking about. It's uh, <laughs> It's just where I'm at right now. But yeah, this movie, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's really, it's really good. I am, I, you know, and I, I tend to be a little in the bag for Pixar, but you know, Mm -hmm. I can, I can, I can recognize when they have a misstep. Like I, I enjoy the good dinosaur, but it's definitely not like peak Pixar. You know, it's, there's, there's some obvious issues there. Um, but this one, I feel like, I don't know. It, it, it's like between what we've said about it being a little more kid pitch, and you know being i I saw someone on twitter i i like clicked on an ad every once in a while i'll click on a promoted tweet just to see what like the rabble is screaming at it um (laughs) which i don't know i guess it's like sounds dangerous it's terrible it's you know but i used to put out cigarettes like the opposite like i love hurting myself Sounds like the opposite the opposite of luca where you're like trying to gain knowledge instead you're trying to <laughs> to black out knowledge yeah you're like what what can i fill my brain with that that won't provide me any any sustenance whatsoever but someone responded to one of the ads for luca and said like you know um dreamworks wants its animation style back oh no and that but that made me wonder like what Hey, DreamWorks like does some high quality shit. They've worked with uh, what's his name? Oh no, no, no! Like Kung Fu Panda is delightful, and the How to Train Your Dragon series is like those are cute. Yeah, like is a visual marvel. Like those those movies are wondrous to like actually watch in a theater especially when 3d was an actual thing i remember that was a big deal when the first one came out and people were like holy shit like this is amazing um but no like those those films are actually like really really well done the the reputation that DreamWorks had originally, obviously, was uh, was Shrek and uh, my much derided fucking Shark Tale, which you know I haven't seen. <laughs> to be fair, but I don't need to see. Like I don't need that. I I I, I can refrain for those uh, ninety six minutes or whatever the hell long that movie is. Something tells me it's over two hours. That's that's just my my gut feeling. But uh, you know. No, like they they make good stuff. Like Jesus, people. Well, I mean, that was the thing. Is like, first of all, like just because like something isn't Pixar doesn't mean it's not good. Like I fucking love the movie Storks. You know, like that's <laughs> yes, you've, you've you've mentioned. I love Wreck It Ralph. Storks fan. Yeah, Wreck It Ralph. That's right. that's I Disney love those baby. Movies. Yeah, and uh, but like it's it it does strike like you know for me Pixar is usually like I know this story is gonna be good. And there was a time when it was like, oh, like, what's the cool technology they're going to show off this time? You know, like. Sure. And and, and that's what I mentioned on Soul, right? Where I, yeah. I felt like it it wasn't pushing any any technology forward necessarily. Um, and, you know, not, not to say like every single one of those films was. But, I mean, 
early on they were the originators of the full CG movie, right? Like right. I think mm-hmm. they were one of the first studios that ever well, did that. Every one so, every time they did something, it was like this is the thing we've cracked now. Sure, so like Monsters sure. Inc. was like, hair. look at this fucking hair. And then I mean, this yep. is a terrible example, but like because it's just hair again but brave look at this fucking hair and then you know you had was water right well i was gonna say piper and the good dinosaur is like oh my god look at this goddamn water and then uh toy story 4 it was like look at this rain and this light and jesus yeah that that sequence when they lose bo peep holy shit yeah like i i won't i probably will never forget that sequence because like it just looks and and it's that uncomfortably drenched. Of, yeah, it's it, it's so photorealistic that it's to the point where it's kind of borderline. You start to question, like, what what are we doing now? Like, are mm. we just animating real life? Like, that doesn't that doesn't feel like the point. Or, right. Well, or that's purpose of animation, and that's but what I'm worried see, is going to happen. Also, Lion King. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, that's well, that's why I was kind of worried about what that person said because, like, I don't want. Pixar to keep pushing the technology to the point that we lose the the like the character of like what makes mm-hmm. these these the movies as, as interesting as they are like you know Coco its technology thing was definitely the land of the dead but I mean like mm-hmm. it had it had like 1920 style like animated skeleton humor you know yeah yeah that, yeah, yeah. This was awesome mm-hmm. you know so I I do I do worry like whenever a Pixar movie comes out like it's not if it doesn't like immediately blow someone's hair back on the technology front or, you know, make a person cry 17 times that it's going to be called like a minor work when, when like, again, I I watch Luke and I'm like, this is a legitimately fantastic movie. Not every one of them can be like a world altering paradigm shifting out and out masterpiece, but this is still a lot better than probably most children's films that we're going to see this or any other year. Sure. I don't know, Courtney. Do I sound crazy? Yes. Well, I didn't ask you, Robin. I mean, first of all, I wouldn't hang a lot of like. I mean, Pixar is doing really well. The animators are incredible there, and what they've, what they push, what they do, the little, you know, the little tiny details that are so innocuous, but like make such a huge, vast difference. It's pretty amazing. Um, but I'm not. I'm definitely not a person that's it's Pixar or nothing like you know mm-hmm. I still mm-hmm. think Wolf Walker should have won over Soul oh, but that's me just too. me I haven't seen um, any of the cartoon saloon movies and it is a, oh, a shame in oh, my life you have to. Cora will love oh, them I fucking my want God. to it's not like I'm avoiding them <laughs> are they <laughs> on something have, do you not have uh, Apple Plus oh I don't have Apple Plus okay. Wolf Walkers is I think the only one on Apple Plus I think um, mm-hmm. I don't know where Secret of Kells might be. I mean, you can go on justwatch.com and see if it's streaming anywhere or <laughs> Which whatever. I'm doing right now. Yeah. It's um, <laughs> but like all of those cartoon saloon, all the, all the Tom Moore movies are just incredible. But Wolf Walkers is just breathtaking. And it's a story that's coherent. <laughs> like, I just, I still don't understand what the message was from Soul. Um, and I had real problems with mm-hmm. some of the narrative too. I really um, like Soul. And I can't, like, but like I'm I glad cannot, if people, yeah. <laughs> if, if people like it, great, whatever. But 
Wolf Walkers for me was the one, but you yeah, know, same, same, same. Secret same. of Kells is on something called Hoopla and Canopy. Canopy mm. is the one you need a library card Canop- for, right? Canopy is the library card. I need to one. get. A library I think Hoopla card. is mm. as well. I think they're supposed to put out a trilogy box set uh, of all three. I think I saw Tom Moore so, so, so had what's, tweeted. What's the other one? Song of the Sea. Um, yeah, Song, Song of the which Sea, which we talked about yeah. last week, right? When we were talking about yeah, selkies, yeah. <laughs> Song of the Sea is available for rent everywhere. Maybe I'll make. Maybe I'll do this tomorrow with Cora. Do it. Do it. But I think she, you know she will be like, "Where's Luca?" <laughs> and you're gonna be like, "Damn it!" Are there sea monsters? Uh, there's creatures in the sea. Some is type of creatures in the sea monster. It's it's an hour and a half. It's an hour and a half. Just give me an hour and a half, kid. I am. Um, I realized today, like you know, I was on the phone for work in in something called a bridge meeting, which is basically like you're just on the phone for like six hours in case someone needs uh. you. It's, oh, it's not awesome. No. So like I had I had my headphone that's a, in. That's just a Google Meet. What right, is Right, yeah, it's uh we're doing it because this is a very like high stakes, you know, thing where like if we need people to be able to be on an instant, it can't be a thing where it's like, "Hey, we finally got the thing. Let's do something in like 2 hours." Mm-hmm. So like someone mm-hmm. needs to be able to jump in and scream like, "It's right here." Which happened to me today. Um yeah. <laughs> But anyway, so I'm sitting on the couch cuz I I have to be like on call for this and we're watching Luca again. And she's sitting in my lap and the dog is uh, coming over and demanding our attention. And it occurred to me like, oh, right. In like two months, she's going to be in school. And so like these these long days of like juggling my job, but also like raising my daughter alone are going to like are they're not numbered because, you know, there's going to be another summer coming and it's going to come too soon, I'm sure. But like it will be a thing where there's going to be a point where it's like, oh, right. Monday to Friday, like, I don't even, uh, I should figure this out. I don't even know what her school hours are. But for a healthy chunk in the middle of the day, <laughs> I'm just not going to have her. And I'm like, what the fuck am I going to do then? What did you do before? I don't know. Yeah. I drank. Well, first of all, <laughs> yeah, I had to drank. go to the <laughs> office. <laughs> first of all, I had to go to the office, right? So, like, the, the difference between my life, like, a year ago or even, like, let's say, like, two years ago used to be like, I have to get up at 545 to start driving by like 615 to get to the office so that I can leave a little early so I can somehow get home at six. So that's like 12 hours of my day that are devoted to just trying to get to the office and then come home. And then I get like two hours with her and then she'd go to bed. And then I was, that was basically it. Like my life was, was a very empty, sad time. Um, and then, you know, before she was born and before I like had, you know, the girlfriend who would become my wife, who is now my ex-wife, like it it really was just like, I'm going to go to work and then I'm going to come home and then I'm going to drink until I pass out and then I'm going to go to work again mm. because everything sucks and I hate having to go to work. Um, so, yeah, you know, it it's uh, I'm living I, I legitimately am living like the best version of my life right now. And wow. again, I'm sure it will be it will be there will be a point where I'm like. Yes, yes. No, it is a little easier to get stuff done with her not here. But like, you know, she is a she is a spark of light in the middle of my day that sometimes catches on fire and needs to be put out. (laughs) But it's still really nice to have her. Um, So, yeah, I'm frankly surprised you didn't have her guest on your show and not me because (laughs) she would have been a perfect guest for this. Quite honestly, super past her bedtime. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but she you know she was here in the beginning and uh she claimed she wasn't sleepy at all but like before i even got done 
like <laughs> introducing everyone. She was already passed out. Sure. Because <laughs> I can see her on my phone because there is a nest thing in her room. Oh, but even better, even NSA better. NSA daddy. <laughs> well, it's from. <laughs> I got it because, um, you know, initially you just had like an audio baby monitor, right? But then like, you know, I had a nanny coming over and I was like, well, let's we'll get a Nest Cam, right? And keep an eye on what's going on. And then I was like, why do I even bother with the, the baby cam? I can like go to a next door neighbor's house and still use the Nest Cam and see her and be sure that everything's okay. Mm, interesting. You know? Does the Nest Cam make her eyes glow and stuff and make her look like... Like a raccoon. Ghost baby. (laughs) Um, A little bit, yeah. But not as bad as you might expect it to. (laughs) That cracks me up. That cracks me up. Yes. So yeah, Song of the Sea tomorrow, probably. It's going to be a a water-based week in the Rowan household. But also, also, introducer, throw throw on a bluey. Throw on just like a bluey. And see what she says. (laughs) Get her hooked on bluey. Um, yeah, she, uh, I mean, she'd probably like it. She, she gets into stuff like that. Like I said, she liked Pete the cat bluey. I'm sure she'll love. In fact, uh, her friends who she's in love with all talk about bluey. Um, so oh, well then she's gotta be one of the cool kids or she's not. Oh, 100%. Yeah. I've got to give her the peer pressure. Yeah. Also, uh, I have to know what bluey is so I can talk to the parents about bluey. Oh, okay. you know, cause like when a, when a There's mom nothing says nothing else to, like, to talk about, you're not allowed to talk about anything else. It's uh, it becomes awkward when you bring up anything not related to your child. <laughs> really? This does not bode well for my future. I think it's just like, because I don't know these people like, you know, so it's, mm. it's, it's like, mm. what, at what point do we breach? Like, do we, do we actually start pretending that we're friends and that we're not just together because our kids like each other? What if you just make friends what about that there is there i don't know how to do that robin there is a bluey episode on this there is a bluey episode on this about dads making friends with each other on the playground telling you season two there's an episode on this send me that episode some lessons you'll learn some episode you'll learn some things from this right because it's either that or just watch i love you man again so speaking of bad movies about i think it's called playground I think it's called Playground, but don't quote Amazing. me. I think that's the episode. How funny. Well, yeah, no, it's a thing. I mean, like, Brian's it was funny. openers would be like, <laughs> so. Uh, Do you I like alcohol? Know. I yeah, was about exactly. to say, yes, Robin, please <laughs> tell me what I would say. Well, you know, what so it's funny. What kind of porn don't you watch? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> you like porn? Because I don't really like porn. And uh, apparently that's weird. Um, <laughs> and I judge you. <laughs> I, uh, what was I going to say? I went to, she had a, she's going to kindergarten and they had like a, not really an open house, but it was like, Hey, everyone come to this playground and we all meet each other and the teachers will be there and it'll be nice. And so I show up and I'm saying hello to some people and I don't know how it happens, but I like brought up the distillery like twice and it really was that kind of thing where everyone's like, Oh, Oh, so we're not talking about the kids right now. Oh, okay. Sure. Yeah. You have a distillery. That's weird. That's, that's not how do how does one begin a distillery well what what is your daughter I feel like think you're of that? such an unreliable narrator of my own life yes yeah probably <laughs> everybody hated me yeah i don't think that they hated me In i think they were like a little thrown like, that guy's cool yeah i got to have this distillery we should have the children's birthday party there uh my my uh my fucking business partner legitimately said that i should do that <laughs> You should do that. Cora would love it. That's the thing, though, is that I would say that and she would be like, yes. 
<laughs> well, the, the funny part is we can do train rides, when, which is when we use the hydraulic jack to move her around on a. Oh pallet. my god! Other kids would freak out and love that. Oh, they would fucking love it. Yeah, that's the thing. I like the kids would be on board. It would be the parents I'd have trouble with. We need yeah, to wrap no, up. Just the, the parents, drug up the parents the, with your alcohol. Oh, Jesus Christ! I told that right, to right, Arthur. Right. I was like, "You are just trying to turn my daughter's birthday into a business opportunity," and he said, "Yeah, one hundred percent." Yeah, why the fuck not? Like, you're you have to think. Everybody wins. We are coming off of a pandemic when we had minimal sales. Literally, everything is a business right. opportunity. If you died tomorrow, <laughs> I would say to your parents that we should have your wake here. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Yep. You have to be like Doug. Think big. Yeah, one hundred percent. No, because that was that was that was BB screaming at him to think big. Right? It was BB screaming at him. Yeah. But still, you have to be like Doug. <laughs> like the when he show Doug. <laughs> yes. All right. Great. Exactly now that we've got a was, solid deep cut lost. Doug reference, <laughs> are we ready to proclaim that we're done? Yeah. Let's get does, the fuck out. Does of anyone here. have any final thoughts on Luke Hamilton? <laughs> Good lord. Um, Nabra. Not 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 bro. Okay. <laughs> okay. So so they've they've now done what Soul, which has some African American things going on in it, right? Mm-hmm. Very obviously. What uh, a that's the awkwardest way you could have put that. But yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I, I I was trying to be very gentle about that. Uh, now they've done Luca. Now uh, they've also done Coco. Like Brave. They're. Okay, yeah, yeah, brave for sure. Um, so they've definitely gone down this path where I think like not every other film or every Maybe Ratatouille like, films. Yeah, Raya. Yeah. No, Raya is well, not, not Pixar. Them. Yeah. Oh, is it I'm, Disney? Yeah. Yep. Yes. That's why it's yeah. not as good. Oh. <laughs> uh, well, I disagree. I liked Raya better. I, I enjoyed Raya. I mean, we had a we had a whole didn't we? Raya yeah. was you. Yeah. It's a here, teen right? movie. This was a kid movie yeah rye is definitely like more in the star wars vein this one is more kid mm-hmm. vein but uh i i think it's really interesting that they are really branching out and starting to kind of go down this path of it seemed like for a while it was just going to be like monsters and pets and toys right and then mm-hmm. you know all these anthropomorphized things and now they're starting to branch out into human stories and they're specifically getting more into okay it's not just generally relatable it's more like okay we're gonna go full in to you know something like coco where it's just you know just entrenched in it or entrenched in it well i like so i like that about pixar like what you're saying like they they're really digging into a culture or like in the terms of um of something like Inside Out, like that is a very fully realized, deeply specific character. Mm-hmm. And I like Absolutely. that they're not afraid to like, I don't want to say alienate people, but like that's definitely not like a four quadrant, mm. like, you know, f- uh, what's the word? Not photoshopped. Focus groups of character. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and this one is directed by a guy named Enrico Casarosa. Casa Rosa. Rosa? Yeah, mm-hmm. Casarosa. Like, I, I don't want to. I'll double check this now. Uh, make Terrified. sure he is of, <laughs> of Italian descent. Yeah, he was but born like, in Gen- no, he's, Geneva. He's Italian. He is Italian. Yeah. So, so it's like okay, and I think uh, 
they they did this for Coco, right, where they had a co-director who, you know, you can toss up a coin and kind of decide whether that actually means that he was there for a large, large part of it or not. Maybe co-director kind of- means something. Co-director means something totally different in animation. I have to point that out. <laughs> like it's not it's not like like a traditional live action director sort of gig it's something completely different they handle different things so i just have to point Mm -hmm. that out yeah different different aspects of it so Mm -hmm. it's almost like it's it's a different aspect of that and so this one really feels like this is the first time that pete doctor or some of these other kind of pixar kind of heavyweights aren't also attached to directing this and so this is this is I think really the first one that like someone outside of that main core that is directly related to the movie that they're directing is the director of this. So I think you know moving forward I think they're starting to gain some of that confidence. Hopefully some of that is coming from Pixar head Pete Docter instead of you know uh, he who shall not be named. Um, so you know I think. I think it's going to be really interesting to see where Pixar kind of goes from here. Um, you know, they are going to have their things like fucking Lightyear coming up, which is, you know, whatever it is. But uh, no, I, I'm I'm really curious to see what Pixar does with some of this money, because for a while, my criticism of them and i think a lot of others was quit making cars let's see some more original like ideas and things like that and of course you know they would kind of be like yeah but cars makes like 10 million dollars yeah cars plays pays for your precious rat films you bastards (laughs) yeah so you know i i definitely (laughs) understood why they kept making them uh they also kept they all sorry to interrupt Lasseter because it's Lasseter's yeah. baby and like yeah. it's always like he has loved been. it. Yes, yeah, he, it he was like his shit. story. Yeah, I so, um, but, I I do. Yeah. There, there is like a thing like where it did seem like for a while they were almost afraid to like give other people who weren't like of the core membership more to do. Mm-hmm. And I don't, you know, it's some someone with more knowledge of the history of Pixar well, would brave. tell you. Brave almost had that happen, and then they pulled her off the story. Yeah, which right? is nuts. Yeah, I'm looking at so, like she still got that Oscar though. She still got that Oscar. Good, good for her, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking at uh, Monsters University and Onward were directed by um, Dan Scanlon, who I think was he's been a part of it for a while, but he he is not like you know Doctor, you know Bird, all those guys. So it's got that. they have like well now after like Lasseter's left yeah. and you know they still have the Pixar like story trust which right. is mm-hmm. Pete Doctor and sort of the old guard Pixar people who still all consult on those stories. And, Absolutely. but, you know, they are making way for new directors to come in and sort of, you know, spread their wings and people who had done the shorts to sort of do stuff like they have. Yeah. He, Dom- he did Domi- La Luna. Yes. Enrico he- did La Luna and they also have Domi Shi who did bow. Uh, she's mm-hmm. directing turning red which is okay. about a 13-year-old girl who turns into a giant red panda whenever she gets too excited. Um, Hell yes. So she, this sounds awesome. So, oh my God, that's adorable. So that's coming out <clears throat> in 2022. Oh my um, God. So you know what they're I just giving, 
What? I'm sorry. So you know how earlier I was like, I love storks. Um, yes. The guy who directed storks directed Presto, the short about the magician and mm-hmm. the rabbit. And oh, it's one of okay. my favorite Pixar shorts. So I wonder what the yeah, hell happened there that one. they scared him off to Warner Brothers. Mm. I mean, maybe. maybe Warner Brothers gave him more money. Maybe. Right. <laughs> maybe I appreciate Warner your Brothers. insider baseball <laughs> on animation stuff, Courtney. <laughs> I mean, I'm sort of connected. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I appreciate it, though. So you think <laughs> it was just a money thing? You think it wasn't like, hey, I directed Presto in 2008 and we're here like four years later and I've still not I mean, not I'm sure anything. the guy has a story to tell that he would probably be... Uh, more than happy to tell off record. I mean, I don't know personally that he does, but I'm sure he's got a story. Everybody has stories and they're usually really, really good ones too. (laughs) Um, But, you know, maybe Warner Brothers just offered him more money and he took it, or maybe they just had a sweeter deal. And, you know, they said, Hey, we can give you this and this and that. And, you know, Pixar wasn't going to rise to that. And, you know, there might have just been more opportunity to branch out with Warner Brothers animation. Mm-hmm. And now they've got their whole Warner Brothers animation group thing like going right now, too. So. And the Netflix yeah. has got an animation group going, too. Oh, yep. what's happening over there is fascinating. Oh, we do not have time to talk about it. I know that's like a whole no, other three hours. I also other, didn't yeah. realize that uh, Jan Pinkova is accredited co-director on Ratatouille. Hmm. Who the hell is that? Exa- exactly, mm-hmm. Bill. Um, no, Jan Pinkova. He's he's a guy. He's an animation guy. People know him. Like people who follow this kind of stuff know him. Okay. I know that he. I think he he direct. Yeah, he directed Jerry's game. The um okay, the not not Gerald's the game, original. by the way, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, Jerry's no, game no, where no. the old man plays himself for his teeth. Yeah, one of the yeah. originals. Yeah. Um, he's produced a bunch. Anyway, uh so that's yeah, I asked if anyone had any final thoughts on Luca, and somehow we started moving into the politics of getting animation films made. Um and it's now ten oh six. We gotta go. We gotta leave. Um, so those are our thoughts on Luca. Um, stay after the credits for a uh, a post credit scene mm-hmm. that yeah. involves everyone's favorite character. Um, good one. What was that? A good one. A oh, good yeah. post credit yeah, scene. It's um, cute. I didn't know that In the Heights had a post credit scene. Why didn't we talk about that yesterday, Robin? Because you fucking hate Piragua. Oh yeah, well Piragua is mm-hmm. terrible. Um, <laughs> so like objectively wrong. No, no, I don't think so. Mm. Anyway, mm. so that's all for today. Thank you for listening to us talk about Luca uh, for longer than the movie itself, though, to our credit, a lot of what we talked about was not related to Luca, but hopefully you found it interesting. Anyway, I cut nothing out of this podcast. Um, <laughs> so that's that. Uh, Robin, what are we talking about next? Uh, we are supposed to be talking about F9. I don't think I will be able to join that episode since I'm going to be on the road and I literally just don't think I'll be able to see How the film before ironic. the recording. You won't I be know. able to talk about a Fast and Furious movie because you will be on the on road. The road. <laughs> vroom, vroom, baby. Uh, however, I have never seen a Fast nor a Furious, so I'm not missing much here. What? Never. Yeah. Wow, now I we can't talk about this without you. (laughs) What'd you say, Brian? I said we can't talk about this without you. I made there was a there was a moment where we were like, oh, are we gonna talk? I can't even remember if it was fast six, seven, or eight. And 
well, I don't know. It must have been six because Danny King was still on here because I told him he was not allowed to watch any of them before he watched the new one. <laughs> I was like, I want to hear the reaction of someone who has no idea what they're walking into. He's um, like, that's going to be me when we do the the James Bond Fast movie. 11. Oh, oh, the, but oh, the James yeah. Bond movie, wow. I feel, doesn't even have as much lore as the Fast movies. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I have seen one James Bond movie. It was the one with Halle Berry. Wow, and... you watched oh. the worst one. And that's oh, why wow. I've never seen another. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You didn't even watch Goldeneye? Uh, no. Did you play Goldeneye at least? <laughs> I don't even know what that is. Is that the, like a what? mobile game? You the N64. Did you see the mobile game? <laughs> Not the N64 game? game? The game no, that ruined I friendships? Any, I did yes. not have any um Don't any play console. odd job, motherfuckers. I went, I went to my aunt's house to play Mario, and that was like the extent of my video gaming growing up. And sometimes oh, I would no. play Animal Crossing. You, you, you pronounce Mario. Mario like my mother. Yeah. <laughs> Mario. Excuse me? The Revenant. It's a Mario. It is Mario. Fuck y'all. It's a oh, Mario. It's Mario. No. Hercule. <laughs> it's Hercule. 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 And it's Mario, okay? It's Mario! Hamilton! (laughs) Hamilton! (laughs) All right, anyway, so we might be talking about Fast 9. Otherwise, who knows? Maybe we'll do a... What what were the six different classic episodes we said we needed to do? I have a plan. They're not anytime soon. Just, no. They're going to be happening. Okay. I have a schedule. (laughs) Right, but just remember, don't... Go to the spreadsheet! (laughs) Don't schedule them too far out because Bill might die or I might die. And uh, uh, they're pretty. They're, one is scheduled for late August and one scheduled for early October. So ooh, late August around. is dicey for me, but we'll see what happens. <laughs> we'll, see. Um, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Oh boy! All right. All right well, so anyway, F nine. F nine is is tentatively scheduled for next week, which is actually two weeks from now because we recorded this right after we recorded in the Heights. Um, so that is that. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Don't forget to go to mubi.com slash film stage for a free 30 day trial of movie. Don't forget to check out the movie podcast, uh, wherever fine podcasts are downloaded. Let's tell the fine folks where we can be found between now and the next time. Courtney Howard, where can people find mm-hmm. your stuff online? Um, well, you can find some of my, uh, scribblings on variety.com. You can also find, it on freshfiction.tv and uh i'm also on twitter and instagram at lula maybell all right bill graham uh you can find me drawing fancy cat pictures with mustaches on twitter at cable bfg please don't go there looking for that they will be stick (laughs) figures um and uh you can also find me on the slack channel mixing it up all right, Robin Barr. Uh, I'm on Twitter at R-O-B-Y-N-B-A-H-R. You can also find me on Letterboxd under my name. Um, and some of my work is on thehollywoodreporter.com and some other places. As for me, you can find me all over this fine internet at Brian J. Rowan. Uh, again, there are now more dog pics on my Instagram. So if you'd like to see the crazy-ass dog that I have adopted... Go right there um, and check it out. Uh, you can also find my stuff at briangerone.com, and you can also find my writing and every episode of this year podcast at thefilmstage.com. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us 
and tune in next time. Do you want to do you want to tell them about Luca? I know I can't say. No, did you like Luca? Yeah. I feel like this because I like that, and I really liked everything, and I did something, and then I put my arm on the square thing, and then it turned on the light, and then I just got out. Whoa. What is that? That's a lot of information. <laughs> I don't know. What was your favorite part of Luca? Um, silly monsters. The silly monsters. Yeah, that wild. <laughs> this is what? gold. I hope you're recording. I am. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and the orange things make different sounds. What orange things? Those things. Oh, you're looking at the the levels mm-hmm. on the recording thing. Yeah. 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 When I was really a baby, um, I was for, um, I was, um, one years old. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then I came, t- um, uh, when I was four? You're four right now. No. When I was four, when I was baby. No, you're still, you're four right now. You're not technically a baby anymore. Yeah. But... In a few ages, I was a baby, and then I was taking care of my baby, but tomorrow one day really isn't, I'm not going to freak out about it. Oh, no? Yeah, the dog is going to make a horrible mess, and I'm not going to freak about it. <laughs> Daddy's just going to freak about it, and then he's going to wipe it all up and say, oh, my that gosh. That sounds very funny to me. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yes, the dog is having trouble holding all through the night, so Cora is telling you that tomorrow morning, apparently, I'm going to freak out when there's another mess. Yeah, ah, that kind of mess. He's going to wipe it up and I didn't even freak out this morning. <laughs> <laughs> but you're going to freak out today. Oh, okay. And then you're going to be so upset, and then you're just going to go to the Okay. Oh, boy. So She's telling favorite, on you, Daddy. Who's your favorite character in Luca? It's Luca. Oh, okay. It's not Alberto. No. It's not the cat. He's wild. Oh, he's too wild. Yeah, Alberto. Yeah, Alberto is too much of a rule breaker. Kill something, and then he really kept kittens for my games, and then um, and then the guy just plays with Daddy's watch when he comes to sleep, and then he sleeps walking, and then that, and then. The man just grabs the microscope and daddy really talks to daddy's people. Okay. It's time for you to go to bed. Not yet. Yes. I'm not even sleeping. You have to go to bed.